Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. Well, I had a fascinating meeting in the fresh market recently. I queued up for a green drink that my wife likes to have behind a man before me. I realized when I looked that I knew him. So when he completed his order and moved aside to allow me to come forward, I used the opportunity to speak to him and I teased him a bit. Then he realized it was me. We had known each other for many years. He lit up with a smile and responded to my gesture of friendliness with his own responses. We had a few minutes where we caught up on the air since our last encounter. We chased each other's experiences and what had happened to each other since we last talked. What he had to say to me was incredible, to say the least. I was floored, incredulous. It was kind of like I was listening to some program on the television. It did not seem real something that one would expect in a conversation with a long-time friend. It was really surreal. This man had had several significant happenings that would have challenged the faith of anyone, I should say. He first told me that he had buried his brother only two days before. What a challenging experience. I have not personally experienced this kind of sorrow. My brother is still alive and living in South Carolina. He has had heart surgery and came close to meeting his Lord on a few occasions, but he's still on earth. My heart went out to my friend. It was hard to see your brother lowered into a grave, I'm sure. But his faith apparently was strong, and he believes all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his promise. Then he crowned the occasion by telling me of his daughter's experience the week before, it's the stuff that books are written about. I'll share in a few minutes. See 
Talking to my friend in the fresh market, I was overwhelmed by his recent experiences. His brother had just been buried, and his daughter, a nurse, had been rushed to emergency with a serious breathing issue. She had been in the United States and rushed home to be home because she knew that she was going to have to be hospitalized. And she, being a nurse, was then among her colleagues, but this time she was the patient on the table. The doctors were working on her. It was apparently a critical situation. The equipment attached to her vital signaled the unbelievable. They worked furiously. They tried to keep her alive. But the, the equipment signaled their worst fears. She was gone. She had died clinically. But this was only for a few minutes. And then she came back to life. The equipment signaled signs of life restored. Later, she recounted having been aware of her situation. She remembered sitting up on top of her body and seeing the doctors and nurses rushing, trying to revive her life signs. She remembers a bright light leading to a doorway. She began to move toward the light and the doorway, and then she revived. She says she could have easily continued toward that light. It was so wonderful. It seemed that God felt she still had value on earth, alive. He sent her back. When my friend came into the room, he says, the nurses were so shocked they were unable to speak. They were crying because they loved their colleague. They thought they had lost her, but now she was alive. My friend was so calm describing this experience to me, yet I was feeling goosebumps on my arms and back. What a fantastic story. And I guess, in a sense, an unfinished story. She still has a job to do. My friend and his daughter and those who experienced a return from death's door also have a story to tell. There certainly is life after death. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled and striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ, and Christ alone, my hope is found, in Christ alone, my hope is found, in Christ alone.
message for today. Here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we continue with our exposition of the first chapter of Paul's epistle to the Colossians, and we're looking at how the Word of God is so important, in fact vital, to our developing intimacy with God. Last time we looked at verses 1 through 8 of chapter 1, in which we found that Paul prayed continually and faithfully for the spiritual growth of the believers, and especially thanking God for their growth in faith, hope, and love, which are the sure marks of spiritual maturity and intimacy with God. He emphasizes that it was the power of the Word of God in their lives that brought this growth about. It was not events or programs or religious activities, but rather It was the word of God at work in their lives. They heard the word. They understood the word. They believed the word and they obeyed the word. That brought about the transforming work in their lives that made them Christ-like and have intimacy with God. Let me read these verses once again for the sake of context as we continue with our exposition. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. And we'll go through verse 8. I quote now the word of God. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given to you. Those are the verses we looked at last time. That's where we stopped. We resume now at verse 9 of chapter 1. Quote, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, 
we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now that's how the New American Standard Bible translated. Let me read now from the New Living Testament. It might help us to understand it a little more clearly. I quote now from the New Living Testament. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. End of quote. My friends, this is an amazing, beautiful passage of Scripture. I call it the spiral to Christian maturity. Notice several things in these verses. First, the apostle prays that they be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And let me ask you a question. Where is this knowledge of God's will found? Only in the word of God. So Paul is actually praying that the believers may be filled with the knowledge of the word of God. And I pray the same for you as well. But secondly, Paul says that he wants them to be filled with that knowledge in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, this speaks of dependence upon the Spirit of God as we study the Word of God so that we understand it in a way that helps us to apply it. The Holy Spirit who revealed the Word so that it was written to men as they were moved by the Spirit now illuminates the believer today to help us to understand it and then empowers us to obey it. Wonderful. But then thirdly, the apostle says, this will result in our walking in a way that is worthy of and pleasing to God. But that's only if we understand and obey the word. But fourth, Paul says that in turn, this results in bearing fruit that remains. In other words, as we hear the word, we understand the word, we obey the word, Paul says that will result in spiritual fruit that remains in our lives. Now, in context, spiritual fruit here is faith, hope, and love. But number five, Paul says that this will result in a deeper knowledge and understanding of God. In other words, the more we hear, understand, obey the word of God and how spiritual fruit seen in our lives, we know God even better. This is why I say it's a spiral. The more we study and learn of God and obey his word, the more we come to understand God and to know more about him. In other words, we come into a deeper intimacy with God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the passage says that this process continues and go on and on. And so the believer continues to mature by becoming closer to God and knowing more about God as he grows. And Paul then describes the permanent observable results. He says, We are strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father 
who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of life. What a beautiful truth this is. What a wonderful experience this is to be so close to our Father that we understand and experience his power, his might, and his patience. But then Paul describes how a mature and growing Christian lives on a daily basis. Notice the reason and basis for this amazing position in verse 13. He says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Wow, what blessed truths are contained in this verse also. First, the apostle says, we have been transferred or translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, there's much talk and preaching about the kingdom of God these days. Much of it, unfortunately, is erroneous and contrary to the word of God. Paul, notice in this passage, contrasts the kingdom of Christ with the domain and kingdom of darkness. In other words, it is a state of spiritual illumination and freedom that leads to intimacy with God, not as a literal physical kingdom in which Christians have dominion or special privilege, but rather a kingdom in which we have intimacy with God. But second, the appreciation of our salvation in Christ is seen. In other words, we come to truly appreciate our salvation and increase our love for Christ because we come to learn more of him as we study the word of God. This leads into one of the most magnificent descriptions of Christ given anywhere in the Bible in chapter 2. But we will have to look at that at another time because that's not a part of our focus in this chapter today. But in closing today's message, let me speak first to those of you who have not yet received Jesus Christ as Savior. If this is true of you, if you have not yet received Christ as your Savior, it means that you have not yet experienced either the grace of God or peace with God. And so I invite you, and in fact, I appeal to you to do so right now. If you believe that God has spoken to you through his word this morning, simply place your faith alone in Christ alone as your Savior. To those of you who are believers, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you have a clear and consistent plan for studying the Word of God? Do you need help to establish such a plan? I encourage you, ask one of your pastors to help you. Commit to finding a way to study the Word of God yourself. And if you cannot find anyone where you are, I encourage you to find someone else because this is essential to your growth as a Christian. Remember, according to Paul in this passage, the only way you can grow in your knowledge of God is to know his word. The only way you can have an intimate relationship with him as a believer is to know, understand, and obey his word. It is impossible to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ otherwise. So I ask you, believer, are you studying the word? In fact, are you attending a local church where the Word of God is faithfully and accurately preached and taught from the pulpit, from the Sunday school class, or your Bible study time? Do you know how to study the Bible, I ask again? If the answer is no, I strongly encourage you 
please learn how to do so beginning today. I encourage you, seek help from your pastor, elder, or other mature church leader. Learn how to study the Word of God, because that's the only way you can grow into intimacy with Him. I close now with Paul's exhortation in 2 Timothy 2.15, reading from the New Living Translation. Quote, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains or handles the word of truth. End of quote. Now, this is how the New American Bible translated in a familiar way that you may remember. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. There forevermore to stay. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and not toiling will be. happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again, I am listening every moment, for the mighty trumpet sound, what a time we'll have together, when the saints shall leave the ground, and our toiling will be over. Hey
Christ could come again.